Hi, I'm Dr. John Newfeld, and this is Truth and Life Today. And today I want to ask and answer a question, and it is this. Is there any part in the Christian life for joy, even for laughter, and, uh, you know, to get together and just have uproarious laughter? Well, I think there is, and clearly we need to talk about that very thing. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. There are in the Bible, I don't know how many places, uh, in which the Bible speaks about joy. And joy is found everywhere. Well, I'll give you some examples. Proverbs 17:22: A joyful heart is good medicine. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. I've got a quote here from Deuteronomy 28, where Moses says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, therefore you're going to serve your enemies. In other words, part of it's just not serving God. It's serving God with joy. There's, there's a thing. Here's a, another Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 13. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. How about this? Paul writing the Roman Christians, Romans 15, 32, he says, so that it, by God's will, I may come to you, he says, with joy. I love that. How about 1 Chronicles 16, 26 and 27? For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. I love that. So there's something about the joy of God. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote a lot about joy, and, and he, he did say this. He says, our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. I don't know how many of you think that the Christian life is one of drudgery and one of trying harder and the dreariness of trying to keep commands that you're always coming short of. And because of you know the, the moralism of the thing, you just never seem to match up. So joy is just lacking. And uh, you've got all sorts of reasons for saying, you know, life is serious. And yet, as Lewis has written, joy is the serious business of heaven. Well, it's a delight today. I, I have in studio today uh, Phil Calloway. Uh, Phil is a, a colleague. He works together with me. Um, we've known each other for a number of years, and I can say that we've become friends. Uh, we're very different. I'm a Bible teacher and a Bible expositor, and Phil is a, a humorist. You might say he's a comedian, um, but he's one of the cleanest and most God-honoring comedians that I think I've ever met. I'd rather listen to Phil than any comedian I've ever heard, and it's a joy to be with him. Phil is the author of, I think, 28 to 30 books. Um, he uh, produces voraciously, um, but he's also a man with a great, joyous heart. And I think you're going to enjoy this time that we spend just talking about joy in the Christian's life and why it's possible for Christians to be the most joyous people in the world. Uh, Phil Calloway, welcome to Truth and Life today. Thank are you, Are we doing John. a lot of truth or are we just doing uh, life? <laughs> what are we doing today? A lot today? of life and hopefully some truth <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah, it's a joy to have you. And, uh, you know, we've been colleagues for a while and I think that there's been a friendship between us. So, yes. Um, but you're a guy who, what are you called? Are you called, a, you're not called a comedian. Are you called a comedian? Uh, you know, they, the, I'm called a humorist. Uh -huh. So I'm not entirely sure what that means, but uh, 
Uh, people bill me sometimes as a comedian. I'm never quite comfortable with it. I don't know quite why, but I, uh, I, I love to use humor to bring a whole lot of joy into people's lives and some hope attached uh -huh. as well because I've done some com uh, comic. I've, I've done some stand-up comic yeah. material, but I just I find that if I, I got to tell you something else, I don't want to end where I just ended with you laughing your heads off. I, I can I tell you why I'm alive, you know? So that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah. Now, but you do it differently than anyone I've ever met. And and well, first of all, I badly no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not badly. I mean, I, by the way, there are some people that don't laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't I've met them. Yeah. 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 So what, what creates that? Oh, man. I think all kinds of things. The truth is some of us just have had the joy sucked out of our lives. And I think of, you know, I mentioned to you that my mother was severely depressed. My earliest memories of my mom were of her uh, in bed. She was sick. That's what they called it back then. Um, we didn't use the D word, but she suffered from deep depression, partly as a result of, of childhood stuff that went on that never should have. And so I discovered very early the joy of coming into her room and, and doing anything. I don't know what I did. I probably, uh, I have no idea, to make her laugh and found out she would get up from her bed and she would go out and make me breakfast, which was my first paying gig, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but the power of humor to cheer us, and, and scripture mentions that, the, you know, good medicine, it is a tremendous medicine. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess God just gave me this goofy gene and uh, has allowed me for the last 25 years to, to bring some cheer like I did to my mother, to all kinds of people. Yeah. I'm very thankful. Well, you and I share a program together. Yes. Uh, back to the Bible Canada. So we, um, you know, you've got you've got the kind of the yeah the last part of it. Well, I try to straighten the listeners out <laughs> after you. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. I know. I yeah. know you do. That, so it's didn't laugh you? again. Is it's five minutes of of that of, uh -huh. of humor and and hope. And it's on every single day. Yeah. But is. you know, you've also done a number of I don't know for lack of a better word, just a stand up routine. And uh, what are some of the things that I mean? Why do you do that? And, and, and what is it that you're trying to accomplish when you do that? I just, I, I'm finding things out there that are funny. They're clean. They make everyone laugh. I have 10-year-old kids sit in the front at comedy nights. Uh, you wouldn't do this for most of your kids <laughs> at, at any comedy event, but here they are. And I'm going, wow, your parents entrusted you to me. And, and I have 93-year-old people as well there. So it's just a lot of fun. And I find it, today I came in here, you guys were eating. You, you had uh, fortune cookies. Yes, we uh, did. Right, which I think the, the, the Asian place that, that you got stuff at uh, gave them to you. And so I was just, I was, well, let's just read one. Yeah. This one just says, I'm glad to be out of that cookie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see here, we've got more. We've got more. Uh, and what does this one say? This one, you'll be hungry again in one hour. Yeah, they're both true, wow. right? Wow. <laughs> and then uh, we've got to find out, you never know what's going to be in these things, right? And... Uh, yeah, you should enhance your feminine side at this time. This is honestly what that one says. You can That's check it out. Uh, and, it does uh, say that. I don't that. think that I'm going to be after that. But one more. We just right. got one. one uh, it, it just says, uh, that wasn't chicken. Oh, okay. 
But things are funny. You find them. And uh, the truth is, uh, for many of us, uh, it's a little bit of a struggle to find that joy. Well, let, let me, you talk because I think you're talking about the, the, you said that a lot of things in life are funny because many of the, I mean, the stuff that you talk about is just real life that happens. I mean, you've got one of your favorite characters is, I mean, Mrs. Weismuller, may yes, I say. Yes, my fifth grade teacher. Your fifth yeah. grade teacher. <laughs> yes, she had a bun in her hair too tight to allow her any smiling. Uh-huh. And she was sick of me by September the 3rd, and I tell that story. Yeah. But she was. She just passed away. It wasn't my fault, honest. <laughs> uh, but she became, uh, she, was, she was a spinster who, uh, they don't even use that word anymore, but she was a single gal who I thought was 150. She turned out, I, I did some research, she was 28 when she showed up in our fifth grade <laughs> class to try experiments on us, and some of them didn't work at all. But there she was, and, and uh, all those years later, I, I told you this, I think, John, uh, I saw her when I was in, in high school, she came to to our school, to apologize to our class. We really didn't deserve that, but uh, she did. And oh. God had obviously done some really cool things in her life, and she just felt that I need to make some things right. She did so, that. So, Phil, I'm going to talk to you about Mrs. Weissmuller. I know that's not a real name. Yes. Um, but you talked to her uh, about her, and you, you know, there's some hilarious things. Yeah. But in the end, it's warm-hearted because I got a sense you actually care deeply for her. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reason, John, is God has shown me so much grace in my life. You know, I tell about Miss Weissmuller, how she said to me, there's a bus leaving in 10 minutes, be under it, (laughs) uh, with a... You know, thick German accent, and yeah. and uh, she she was not a, a, a lovely lady at that point in her life. But yeah. God, you know, neither was I. <laughs> I was not a lovely man, I, boy, I should say. But uh, somehow God got a hold of my life and redeemed me by His grace. So when that happens to you, you tend to look at others with that grace as well and say, "Thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Let me pass that on." Uh, that's kind of become my mission is passing along the grace that God has shown me. Phil, that's what I think you do well. You, the, there's this, there's this, this bringing together laughter with grace. I mean, my wife and I have been to a number of times when you have spoken and we've howled with laughter. Uh, and then when you're done, I keep thinking, why do I feel so close to God in all of this? Oh, wow. Because you have taken humor, but you've not taken me to a dark side in humor. You've brought me into the light of God and helped me to rejoice. So, I mean, using Mrs. Weissmuller as an example, you're not mocking her, I don't think. You're helping us to see that somebody who was probably way too stern ended up finding grace. Right. Yeah. And and I think that was a big chunk of my childhood, John, was seeing... um, you know, I can remember this, th- I don't know how old I was, 10, 12 years of age in church and, and just thinking of people, I was looking around at people who had gotten after me, who had said things to me that were perhaps unkind and, and just thinking, I don't really want to spend eternity with these people, <laughs> which is a horrific thought um, because this, this is the church. And yet I know in my own life, I have not always been, uh, I've been a cranky Christian. I am guilty. When I was a kid, I thought, you know, that joyful Christian was an oxymoron like jumbo shrimp and military intelligence and Microsoft works. Uh, 
and and yet um, you know through the years, I mean, we sang the song. I, I told you about this. Uh, you know, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart, where? They had to keep asking because they couldn't find it. <laughs> and, and that was sort of the way it, it was. And then you encounter uh, God's word and, and, and John 3.16, God so loved the greatest three words I ever put together, I think. Um, and, and it changes everything. And, and the joy that is ours is just unspeakable uh, in light of what God has done for us. And, and we laugh. You know, you, I mean, you sent me. Yeah, this is, yeah. Blame John for this. this Things that kids have said in, in their prayers. Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that or was it an accident? Uh, that's Norma. <laughs> Dear God, instead of letting people die and having to make new ones, why don't you just keep the ones you have now? Yeah, what I, a great thought from a child. <laughs> Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Neil, you bet it's okay. Uh, Dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Um, <laughs> Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. Yeah. Sam, uh, if you watch me in church Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. That's from Mickey. Maybe Cain and Abel wouldn't kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. It works with my brother. That's Larry. <laughs> and then the last one, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday. Yeah, That beautiful. was cool. And, and you know, John, I think that's, that's the one for me that stands out in the end. I want to tell people that because I want to bring it back to this point of realizing that God... Everything we see, I, w I would just not last long as an atheist. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't. I get looking around me and thinking, there is no other plausible explanation for the beauty I see than that God loves us so much. Yeah. Wow, he created this. Incredible. Yeah. We're going to be right back with Phil Calloway, and you're going to want to hear this. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. So, Phil, <laughs> yeah, put that down. <laughs> I have no idea what is in there. No. <laughs> and if I want to tackle it, uh, yeah, I, I'll just pretend to be sipping. Yes, yes. Sorry, that's John. It. It's, it's, it's going to be. There, there's nothing wrong with that, Phil. You'll survive it. You need to trust me. Are tadpoles that. good? Yeah, they're very good. Okay, are they healthy? <laughs> that's all I need to know. <laughs> I was going to ask you something serious, okay, Phil. I don't okay. know if this is going to be possible in this interview, but, you know, you have a philosophy, I think, of humor. Um, can you articulate some of that? I mean, what are the things that you will do and what are the things you don't do? Mm. Boy, I, you know, I, I think some of my humor comes from uh, learning the, the, the wrong thing. I had a filthy mouth yeah. when I was a kid. And I discovered, you know, you can make this part of the audience really laugh with that. True enough. And the rest of them kind of go, <gasps> and I'm in, I'm at events where this happens, uh, seeing other comedians. And, and I just, um, you know, if, God got a hold of my tongue, and it, and it seemed to take a while because it was moving all the time, you know. But uh, and it still is. It still is. <laughs> but I, I, I realized that this gift was given that I might build others up, and so I don't tear people down. Uh, I do marriage events many, many a year, and I do not mock my wife. 
I've seen this happen. It's a very unpretty, ugly thing to be mocking the girl that, you know, the second best thing in my life that's happened to me outside of my relationship with Jesus. Why would I do that? Except to try, I suppose, to build myself up and make people laugh. So I don't need to go there. Uh, where, where I love to go is just life experiences, uh, funny things that have happened, you know. I, I look back and I, I tell the story of my mother catching me smoking. I mean, that was the the, the biggest sin of them all, John, in, in my well, church. It was, it was for me, too, because I it? know my mom caught me smoking. Oh, she did? Absolutely. So what happened? Well, she said uh, that I had to wait in the garage with my brother, who were both smoking, uh, until Dad came home, which took hours. <laughs> oh, and the we longest <laughs> hours of your life. <laughs> I remember them to this day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dad came in and said, I, I think by now you've learned your lesson, and he walked away. Good right? for Dad. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> well, my mother was equally graceful. She she caught me, and uh, she said to me, well, my older brother said that if they catch you, they'll they'll cut your lips off. That's the punishment for smoking. <laughs> so we were careful with it, but God caught. My mother said, son, smoking won't send you to hell. It'll just make you smell like you've been there. <laughs> and and I, great. You know, all those years later, I just think of this amazing grace that's been shown mine, uh, shown me. And and so that's what I want to communicate to people is lots of laughter. Let's laugh. Um, I have had people come to me after events. One guy stood in front of me. He said, I have not laughed. And then he gave me the date. It was three years previous. And I said, what happened? He said, I lost my wife. He said, I laughed tonight. It was a holy laughter. And uh, I, I don't know how many times I've heard that. I, I've heard, uh, we get some cranky people, people upset with me. Uh, you know, one of the jokes I told was about Chrissy, uh, grandchild sitting on grandpa's knee and looking up and saying, grandpa, make a noise like a frog. And grandpa said, why? She said, well, because daddy said that when you croak, we can all go to Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was funny, but someone else told me, no, that's, you can't do that. That's not funny. You can't joke about death. And I said, well, at a funeral, you know, I think you've got to be, if you're speaking, very careful about these things. But the truth is, I, I would not be alive were it not for the fact uh, that, that God has been so good to me despite difficulties in our lives. And, and so we learn to laugh. We do. And we can get there. All of us, no matter what viewers are, are dealing with today, can come to that place. And I think we're going to talk about that on another episode. Yeah, we are. We are. Now, now Phil, the, we got to know each other. Um, and you came and preached at my church. That's right. Way back yeah, in the day. Willingdon. I will never forget... Uh, you had a beautiful story about driving by um, and seeing a graveyard opened up. Yeah. You want to tell that oh, story? Yeah. yeah, that was Stephen was five. That's your son. Our eldest. Yeah. He was pointing out the window. Well, it, the, the window was down. It was beautiful. Alberta, Canada. It was, it was one of seven days that we're able to do this. Uh, <laughs> the window was down and he pointed out and, and we were going past the graveyard um, where my father would be buried years later. But just there, I can just picture it. There was a hole dug in the ground and a pile of dirt beside it. And, and Stephen pointed, he said, Dad, look, one got out. Yeah. And I started to, I, I laughed because the kids, the things kids say is just startling sometimes. And the more I laughed at those, those words, the more I thought about them. The more I thought about them, the more I hung on to them. Because that is our ultimate reason for joy. And yeah. uh, it, it is one that got one out. got out, that Jesus Christ is risen. But when I heard you say that, and you said that from my pulpit, right? I did. And I got some letters, and they asked me, you know, is this how you're going to be from now on in? Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, I said I'm not capable. Of it. And secondly, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that. But, but I yeah. remember thinking about that, and I thought, uh, 
Why amn't I laughing that one got out, laughing for hilarious joy yeah. that the grave could not hold my Lord yeah. and Savior? Why wasn't I just spontaneously Amen. filled with explosive joy? Yeah. And I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, that, that's our ultimate reason for, for joy. That's it. Yeah. Jesus Christ is risen. And that is the thing that gives me strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Uh, one got out. Now, I'm going to kind of key you in on some of these, but do you have a scripture verse that you love to quote? And it has to do with the exiles coming back from Babylon. Yes. Yeah. Psalm 126.2, um, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And I think partly why I was captivated when I first read that verse was I have seen that happen. Not often enough in my own life, but people asking me, where does that come from? Where does that joy come from with what you've been through? How is that possible? Uh, it's a gift of God. It just simply is. Um, but I, I think that we believers in Christ, you know, I was sitting on a plane earlier today and I, I just had a brief conversation with the guy beside me and then he was on his phone and, and that was that. But I think so often we are seen as graceless people, judgmental people. And I think if we can start somewhere else, we can start at the point of, of them saying, wow, that was funny. I mean, a guy who, who, who in our conversation, he realized I wasn't a believer or I was a believer. And he said to me, uh, I've had bad experiences with Christians. And I grabbed his hand and I said, really? Me too. <laughs> and this dear guy started to laugh. We had a four-hour conversation wow. about Jesus, about suffering, about pain. Is Jesus the only way to God? All as a result of that silly little statement where he laughed. He laughed for about 30 seconds and then he started laughing again. And then we talked. And I think we can start there. Uh, Laugh-style evangelism, maybe we can you know call it. I, you know, I think one of the things that I've beset and plagued the church is that we have reduced a gospel of grace to moralism. Mm -hmm. You ought to do this. Have you done this well enough? No, you haven't. Uh, and, you know, shame on you. Will you commit yourself to trying harder? So we become moralistic preachers, and it's completely devoid of grace. It's devoid of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this whole idea is God released us from bondage in, in Babylon. Yes. We're free. We've come home. Yeah. And what else could we do? But our hearts were filled with laughter because what else would you do when such great grace has been done? Phil, is that our problem? Is it that we've, we've not bit in deep enough to the gospel and are overwhelmed with grace? I mean, Absolutely. is that why we have a hard time laughing? Absolutely. I, I think so. I, I think so. We, um, you know, I, that's, that was my growing up. It was, it was works for it is by works we have been saved, yeah. not through faith. You know, that's backwards. It's by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. You know, we think we can impress God by, by following all these rules. And, and uh, certainly there's a time in our lives when God, uh, through our obedience to him, points out different areas that need to change in our lives. But it doesn't start there. We don't start by saying, well, you need to stop doing that and that and that, and here's a list. Um, none of us are able to measure up to that. We start by God's grace. Uh, that's where my journey began um, and it's, it's been a faltering thing where I sometimes, you know, I stumble and, and I get up by his grace only, alone. Uh, 
And I, I'm so grateful for uh, people in my life, in my life, who have been graceful to me. Mm. Think of my mother and Miss Weissmuller, who forgave me uh, after I cheated on a, on a Bible memory test. John, <laughs> I First John uh, two one to five. It wasn't Thou shalt not bear false witness. It wasn't that, right? It, it was, but it was. It was. You know, my little children. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. <laughs> and if any, and I'm writing. I'm cheating. I'm writing it down. And I passed it in later. And, and that was my best mark that year. <laughs> and I got feeling so guilty, went back to her, and she forgave me. Wow. Amazing. Our tongues were filled with laughter because God has done great things. Yes. Phil Calloway, what a joy to talk to you. It's a joy to work with you. Thank you for reminding us that the Christian life is one of joy. Amen. Thank you, John. It's important to face these realities because unless we do, we'll never know what to do next. So I want to end with a quote from John Stott. And John Stott was the rector of All Souls Church in London, England for many years. He's now with the Lord. But John Stott wrote that the main mark of justified believers, he said, is joy. Um, I think it has to be. I mean, after all, just think about what Christ has provided for us. My goodness. Not only has he forgiven our sins, he's promised us eternal life. He's promised us bodily existence in which we will have purpose and meaning, and we will rule and reign with Christ for all of eternity. He's promised us the Holy Spirit. He's promised us that he'd never leave us or forsake us. He has promised that he would be able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to him, which means that you're going to make it. If you truly know Christ, he's going to make sure that he takes you all the way through. I mean, I mean, we go on and on just enunciating the promises that every single believer has. It ought to fill us with confidence, but it also ought to fill us with this, this vigorous joy in life that just pervades everything. And I know that that's part of Phil's mission in life, is to get Christians laughing again. And uh, I, I hope that in the brief time that you've spent here, that you've maybe got just a hint of that. Make sure that you surround yourself with joyful Christians. And, and here's another point. Next time you're doing your devotions, if you come upon a command to rejoice or a statement of joy or something else that speaks of the happiness of God, uh, underline it, take it to heart, and note it. And if you start keeping a journal of all those places, I promise you it just might transform you. Be joyous in Christ. God bless you. Thanks for watching Truth in Life today. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more interviews, episodes, and Bible teaching content. Uh, thanks for joining us today.